0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Help Desk for Wednesday, the 24th of February. My name is Peter Wells.
1: And I'm Tess Bennett.
0: And honestly, I have been so distracted over the last 24 hours that the news that we're starting today is is amazing and new to me. So talk me through the story.
1: I believe this news broke maybe... An hour or so before we sat down to record this, but it looks like uh, news is coming back to Facebook after seven days, after its seven day ban. Uh, Facebook says that it will reinstate news content on its platform after the government agreed to a few last minute amendments to the media bargaining code. So Campbell Brown, Facebook's Vice President of Global News Partnerships, has put out a quote or a statement, uh, and he said that news will be coming back in the coming days. But there's a few things in his quote that made me a little bit wary, Uh, and here's the Mm -hmm. quote. After further discussions with the Australian government, we have come to an agreement that will allow us to support the publishers we choose to, including small and local publishers. We're restoring news on Facebook in Australia in the coming days. Going forward, the government has clarified we will retain the ability to decide if news appears on Facebook so we won't automatically be subject to a forced negotiation. So to me, that sounds... Possibly, like not everyone will be back. Maybe just mm. the publishers who play nice with Facebook.
0: It's uh, interesting to see how this is going to play out in the next couple of days because, yeah, it does sound like they've given themselves a hell of a lot of wiggle room.
1: Yeah. So Mike Isaacs from the New York Times tweet that this was just a stalling tactic uh, because mm-hmm. one of the amendments that they've they've agreed to is to insert a two month mediation period, which will give the parties more time to broker agreements before they're forced into the binding final arbitration process. So, yeah, it feels like everyone's just sort of kicking the can down the road. I'm not sure. Uh,
0: I'm shocked. I'm shocked. It looks like uh, the Australian government played a strong hand here. Mm. I, I, I'm going to throw in that. What's that moment from Bart Simpson of like, I, I, it's not shame. I feel so full of, what's the opposite of shame?
1: Pride? No, not that far from shame.
0: Less shame?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to lose a bet. Uh, Someone asked me last (laughs) week how long... I just thought, like, my first impression was like, oh, this is permanent. Uh, And then someone talked me around to, this surely can't be forever. And, you know, we, we placed a few bets on how long this was going to last. And... I said three weeks, so if Facebook would like to hold out for two more weeks, um, I will win the honour of being right and very prescient.
0: (laughs) No, you lost it. Sorry. But you did win a bet that we'll get to later, so I'll I'll point that out when it happens. And moving on, last night Spotify had an event overnight to announce its new high-quality pricing tier, although weirdly they didn't say what the pricing was. So it was a big song and dance about how uh, you can hear much higher quality on the new service Spotify Hi-Fi, but again, no pricing to that. They did say it was launching in 80 markets. So Australia should be good enough to to make that the top 80 countries in the world, I would hope. But they also announced some advertising tools for podcasters. Uh, They've purchased Megaphone, which is a podcast advertising company that currently is used uh, all around the world. Disclaimer, we use ACAST for our ad insertion, but Megaphone has a very similar program and it is uh, used by some of the bigger radio stations in this country, actually. Australia is not listed as a market. Maybe it's something to do with those deals. Who knows? But yeah, really interesting stuff coming from Spotify.
1: And moving on, there's a new forecast out that robots will take about 1.5 million Australian jobs by 2030, according to new research from Forrester. As part of that, Australia's job market will shrink by 11% over the next decade due to automation technology just becoming more capable. And how did they come up with these numbers? That They did that by tracking the progress of automation on 391 occupations of the ABS tracks. The jobs under threat in the near term, according to this report, are cubicle workers such as bookkeepers, accountants, human resources staff and office clerks. So, if your gig involves repetitive and structured tasks, it might be time to start planning and exit. Uh, on the other side of the digital divide are the digital elites, like data scientists, software and app developers, network and system administrators, mathematicians, and information security specialists, who will be even more in even more demand.
0: Wow! <laughs> yeah, I uh, am I'm, I'm really surprised that they're they're pointing to cubicle workers, but as you explained it, that makes total sense to me.
1: Yeah, I think um, there's lots of, well, the argument goes that there's, you know, not whole jobs will be automated, but just tasks. And Mm -hmm. if you Put all those tasks together, that's how you'll end up needing fewer people in the end. But yeah, it does seem like this to, I mean, these big numbers come out all the time and they're sort of vague and abstract and like 10 years is a long time away to worry about. But yeah, just, um, just a looming threat there.
0: The one company doing very well is Apple, which surpassed Samsung as the world's largest smartphone maker in the fourth quarter of 2020. So Apple has overtaken Samsung as the world's largest phone seller for the first time in six years. Apple sold 10 million extra iPhones in this final quarter of 2020. Overall, Apple added 15% to its market share, taking almost all of that from that arch-rival Samsung, as that company lost 11% internationally. Global smartphone sales decreased overall in 2020. Out of the top five smartphone makers, only Apple and Xiaomi were able to see their numbers rise during the pandemic. By the way, this is the thing I'm going to give you credit for because you did say that uh, Apple iPhone sales would probably go up uh, a couple of weeks ago.
1: Look at me. Yeah, look at that.
0: Um, And and I (laughs) I was going to say that my weird take on this is I reckon it's the AirPods that, like, it's so funny to me that uh, you know, the iPhone back in the day was the Halo project that sold a lot of Macs and that did help. And now we've got the airpods selling a lot of iPhones, I reckon. Like that you can use airpods with any phone, but everyone oh, knows can you? that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's
1: they <laughs> have been mistakenly buying iPhones for no reason.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. And and but but I think it's just like once you've bought uh, the AirPods, and especially if you really love them. And I know so many people, especially the AirPods Pro, I know so many people yeah. who like, haven't loved a thing like the AirPods Pro for a long time in technology. And yeah, I just think that like once you've you've bought into that world, then it's like, well, I could get the iPhone SE, I guess. It's pretty cheap, or last year's iPhone or whatever, and, and it's worth going into that ecosystem for.
1: Yeah, so the going back to before I jumped in, everyone knows that it works, that AirPods will work better if you own an iPhone, but it will work with other phones, just not as good.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and especially the, the, the more things with Apple logos that you have on them, the more they'll just easily move from. I, I can go from uh, my computer to my iPhone to my iPad and then to the Apple TV. Yes, I'm a fanboy. Um, when the kids are in bed, and not once have to pair anything between anything.
1: Mm. Well, yeah. I, the, I lost my AirPod Maxes for about 12 hours once. And it made me think okay, next time I've got like a spare $350, I'm going to like put that away somewhere to prepare for this moment when I need to go <laughs> out and buy a new pair of them. Cause I was like, <laughs> they're, yeah, pretty ingrained in, in a lot of things I do in my day to day life.
0: Yeah, there's there's a, a podcaster I listen to called John Syracuse who does have a backup pair uh, sitting in his drawer for, for for the day that he knows he eventually loses them.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not finished yet. There's another story. No, <laughs> it's a long one. It is. Uh, But it's a a little bit of good local news, I guess. Um, Cashed up Australian software business Canva has bought two smaller European design startups. So one is Kaleido.ai, which is an Austrian visual artificial intelligence startup behind a popular design tool that instantly removes the background from a photo or video. Again, that's probably a job a human used to do. Uh, The company also purchased Smart Mockups, which is a Czech Republic company, uh, and it allows e-commerce entrepreneurs and other users to quickly and easily create mockups for T-shirts, mugs, and other items. According to Bloomberg, Canva has now acquired six companies. The price of those acquisitions weren't disclosed. But there is a business update in this story. Canva's business uh, doubled in the past year. The firm now has 50 million monthly active users, up from 25 million a year ago. And elsewhere, uh, Melanie Perkins, who is one of the Canva co-founders, has made it onto a list of the next next female CEOs who could take their companies public. And that's, of course, a follow-up content after Bumble's IPO but her co-founder uh, tells Bloomberg in this story that there's no immediate plans for an IPO. They're just going to keep on focusing on growing and getting bigger and they don't want the distraction.
0: As you were talking I was playing around with Coladio um, if that's what it's called. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. Like someone would have paid someone would would have been paid to do these kind of things in the past and now you know, someone in accounting or someone in marketing can do it on their phone. That's, yeah.
1: that's incredible. Canva has really, like, if you go in there and de- design a logo in, like, five minutes and it won't look shit, like, it's mm. it's pretty remarkable. It's sort of maybe, I don't know, 20% of the functionality of Photoshop, but it's all you need to, to make things look good.
0: Yeah, especially if, if your intended audience is uh, social. They've just nailed that.
1: And that's actually the end of the show. <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. Thank you, Tess Bennett.
1: Peter. Thanks, Peter.